Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Jesus is such a beautiful name. This morning in prayer, I could just, just say in the name of Jesus. Such a, a beautiful name. Not just because of the way it sounds, but what it represents. And what I feel when I say it. Deliverance is through the name of Jesus. Let me know salvation is through the name of Jesus. Amen. Everything that ever was. Everything that is now and everything that will ever be revolves around the name of Jesus. Amen. You may not believe it, but there will be a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How many is thankful for that name this morning? I wonder if you could just lift your hands and just give him some praise and some adoration today. God, we're thankful, Lord. We're thankful for your name, Lord. We're thankful for all that you've done. Thankful, Jesus. We give glory and honor and majesty into your name. Hmm. Praise the Lord. There's something about the name. Elbow your neighbor and tell him there's something about that name. Praise God. Genesis chapter 37. Praise the name of Jesus. I love the presence of the Lord. Presence of the Lord. Praise God. Genesis chapter 37, and we'll start reading at verse 23. For those of you who don't have your Bibles, you can follow along, hopefully. screen behind me. And then we'll read Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. And it came to pass somebody say, and it came to pass. There's a lot of things that come to pass. There's a lot of things that happen. Amen. There's a lot of things that, that happen that we can't control. Come on. There's a lot of things that come to pass. Somebody say it came to pass. When Joseph was coming to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, what profit it? Is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph 
into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes. He thought his brothers had killed Joseph. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? Man, I'm the oldest brother. I'm responsible for Joseph. Where am I supposed to go now? And they took Joseph's coat, and they killed a kid of goats, and dipped the goat, the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father said this we have we found know now whether it be thy son's coat or no the Bible says and he knew it and said it is my son's coat let me say it's his son's coat an evil beast hath devoured him Joseph is without a doubt rent in pieces and Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him his father was praying for a son that he thought was dead but was not amen how many times have we believed a lie how many times have things happened and we thought they were one thing and they turned out to be something totally different Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. A familiar, a familiar couple of scriptures here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. How many believe that this morning? Amen. I'm going to preach to you this morning, trust in the Lord. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down, lift our hands to the Lord this morning and just ask the Lord to speak to us. God, we're here for you today, Lord. We can't do it by ourselves. God, we ask for you, Lord, to take complete control of this service. Lord, we pray that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to be understanding of your word. I pray that you would anoint my these lips of clay to speak the words that you have uh, that you have spoken to me to speak this morning have your will and your way in this house lord we'll give you all the praise in jesus precious name amen clap your hands one more time Trust in the Lord. It is, uh, as a Christian, as a believer, it is, uh, uh, might be one of the most mentioned things for us as believers to trust in the Lord. Amen. We know as, as believers, as Christians, uh, as people that have faith in God and God's word, we, we know that we should trust the Lord. Amen. Uh, if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, 
You haven't lived your life according to God's word. Even, even in the society that we live, you've heard it said, trust in the Lord. Because on our money, it says, in God, amen, in God, we trust. Amen. Trusting in something that is bigger than us. Trusting in something that is beyond us. Amen. A lot of people hope and trust in a lot of different things. Amen. But I want to tell you this morning that there is only one God. Amen. There's not multiple gods that you can trust in and that will bring you to salvation. There is one God. Amen. How many know that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father above all that's through all and in you all. Amen. There is one God. Amen. Somebody say there's one God. Amen. The, my Bible tells me that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. Make no mistake about it. In the beginning, God was the word. Amen. God has not changed. He's always been the same. How many know he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? I am the Lord, he said, and I change not. Amen. Uh, uh, there is no, there is no change in God. There is no variation of God. Amen. There, there is no up one day and down the next in God. God is the same. God is steady. Amen. God is faithful. Amen. He never changes his mind. He never changes his plan. He never changes his character. He is the same. Come on. He is the foundation of everything that he has created. Come on. There's one God and he created everything. All things were made by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. This morning it was a little bit cloudy, but when the sun came up and the light began to shine over the horizon, it was a reminder to all of the earth that God is still faithful. Amen. That the sun that he put in the sky and in our universe, it came up today and another day is ahead of us. How many know that God is faithful and we see his faithfulness in the rising of the sun? In the rising of the sun and the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Amen. And everything that he created, it brings glory to his majesty. It brings glory to his design. It brings glory to the details of the character of everything that he is. Everything that he has put in order in the earth has continued and will continue with consistency until he says it, it's over. Come on. How many know that mankind is not going to destroy the earth? But the, my Bible tells me that God... God in the last day will destroy the earth with fire. There is coming a time when time will end and everything on this earth will be accomplished, but that day is not today. We have another opportunity to understand how powerful God is. Somebody say amen. Amen. We know that we should trust God. Amen. We know that we should, we should put our faith in God. Amen. But too many times we get sidetracked by our circumstances. Amen. Too many times we get sidetracked about all the things that's going on in our lives. And, and we get, we, all of a sudden, the faith in God and the word of God becomes obscure. Somebody say amen. What does it mean to trust? It means an assurance or reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, or the truth of someone or something. Amen. It means to rely on the character and the ability and the strength and the truth of something. Amen. Somebody say the truth of something. Not what I think it is, but what it really is. Amen. How many know that the only, uh, 
The truth is only the truth to people that know the truth. And a lie is only a lie to somebody that knows the truth. How many know that the truth is the ultimate, it is the ultimate decider of what is reality. Amen. There are a lot of things in our lives that we look at that we deem to be something that they're not. Amen. We look through the circumstances of our lives and they are seemingly against us and seemingly warring against our lives and the progression of our souls. But understand today that God is the decider. God is the creator. God is truth. And how many know that he is light and there's no darkness in him? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How many know that there's one truth? Amen. And it's God. Somebody say, it's God. Amen. Have you truly relied on something? Have you truly trusted something or someone? rhetorical question. What does it mean for us to rely on something, to depend on something or someone, to put our faith in something or someone? Amen. Have you ever trusted someone, leaned on them? Amen. How many know there are times that we don't have the strength that we need and we need we need a strength that is beyond us. Amen. We need something helping us. Amen. There are times where, where, where we have to rely sometimes on people. Somebody say amen. I was in a situation a couple years ago where I was in an accident. It destroyed my left leg. And uh, it, was, it was in pieces. And they had to put it back together. And there was a process of healing. And I couldn't do for myself. I had to have people serve me and do for me and take care of me. Come on, somebody. Amen. And provide for me. And I couldn't, I couldn't get up and make my own food. food and I, I couldn't get myself to the bathroom by myself and get things done. And I couldn't take a shower by myself. Thank God for a faithful wife. Come on, somebody. Thank God for people that are faithful. Amen. Thank God for people that you can put your trust in. Amen. Thank God for people that hold up their end of the bargain and keep their word. Come on. Amen. How many know that in times like that, you are, you, you are required to put your trust in people. Amen. You're required to lean on people even if you don't want to. Amen. I remember I was laying on the bed and I couldn't get up and I was trying to get up and, and I didn't have the strength to get out of the bed to go to the bathroom by myself. And I felt so useless. Amen. And I remember my wife getting out of the bed as quick as she could and come over and got a hold of me. And, and I was so broken because I was not able to do it myself. Come on. I was not able to make it there myself, but I was thankful for a person that would, was able to give to me and understand what I was going through and try to help me in any way possible. You know, there are things that we go through in life that we cannot handle on our own. There are things that we face and circumstances that will come up in our world that we will not have the answer to, that we will not have the strength to get up under the weight of it without somebody that's willing to help, without leaning on somebody. Somebody say amen. Some of us have put our faith and trust in people that have let us down. Amen. People that we trusted in. People that we put our faith in. Amen. People that gave us their word. Amen. But they didn't keep up their end of the bargain. Amen. And because of one person or a group of people that have let us down, we have quit trusting. Amen. A lot of times pastoring, we got to do marriage counseling and things. And, and uh, uh, marriage counseling is, is, uh, is sometimes very difficult because if people are not willing to communicate and talk, come on, then, then there's no reason to even talk about it. Amen. If they're not willing to change, how many know we have to be willing to change? Amen. But many times in counsel, I find that, 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 People have a hard time overcoming being hurt, being let down, uh, somebody failing in their life, 
somebody uh, doing something to them that that they did not expect or or betraying them in some way amen letting them down in some way amen many times the people that that we care about the most are the ones that can hurt us the most amen but so often amen we are hurt by a person amen we're hurt by a group of people and we carry that hurt with us. We carry it into the next relationship. We we carry it into the next job. We, we carry it in, into our future and we begin to treat every person as if they were that person. Come on. We begin to treat every male as if it was that they are the male that cheated on us or we begin to treat every female as if they're that female that has lied to us. Come on. And we so we hold a grudge against everybody else on the planet because of one person that has hurt us and let us down. But I want to tell you this morning that you can put your trust in Jesus. People might let you down. People might betray you. Come on. They might hurt you. Talk about you behind your back and you can't control that. But there's one person that'll never turn his back. That'll never let you go. That'll always have good for your life. And his name is Jesus. Man, every one of us have been abused in some way. Every one of us have been mistreated in some way. Every one of us have been betrayed at some point. If you haven't, it will happen. Come on. It's going to happen. There are going to be times where we're going to be hurt. Come on. There are going to be times where things are taken away from us that we want to hold on to. Come on. There are times when identities will be taken from us that we want to hold on to. Come on. There are times when favor will be taken away from us when we want to hold on to it. Come on. There's going to be times where the road that we run into is going to be like a collision and it destroys everything that was and you have to take a new turn in a new direction and start trusting in something different than you trusted in before. Come on, there's going to be a moment if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. Just let this be your warning or your disclaimer that life is filled with changes. Amen. How many know this world is temporary? We can't put our trust in it. It's changeable. It's going to change. My job's going to change. My circumstances are going to change. My relationships are going to change. My body's going to change. People are going to change. The weather's going to change. I mean, it was raining this morning. It'll probably be sunny this afternoon. Amen. You really can't tell in Ohio and waking up what the weather's going to be. You go out of the house with a raincoat and a winter coat and an umbrella and your sun hat. Amen. That's kind of the way life is. You got to be prepared for whatever. You got to understand that life is not all uh, 70, 75 and sunny. It's not all a bed of roses. Come on. Everything's not going to go our way. Things are not necessarily always going to be the way that I want them to be. Come on. How many know that, that there's a way that seemeth right unto the ma a man, but the ways, his ways are the ways of death. God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways because my thoughts are above your thoughts as the heavens are above the earth so are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways we have to understand that God knows we might not see it but he knows we might not understand it but he knows we not, might not have the answer to the question or the solution to the problem but I'm telling you God knows in those moments when you question and you don't understand exactly where your life's heading. You need somebody that wrote the book. You need somebody that sees the ending. You need somebody that understands the direction of your life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Can anybody quote Jeremiah 29, 11? Go ahead. I want to hear you. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you an expected, a 
expected. Come on. To give you an end that was written. Come on. That is founded. Come on. That's already been written down. Something that is expected. Something that, that when, I, when I get to the end of this thing, I know what I'm going to get. Come on, somebody. When I get to the end of this race, I know the prize and the reward that I'm going to have. I'm going to spend eternal life with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. But he wants us to get there. Somebody say he wants us to get there. In the story of, of Joseph, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Joseph was the uh, younger brother of, of ten other uh, men. He was a half-brother. So, uh, his daddy had two wives, and uh, one was Leah, one was Rachel. Ten of the boys were from Leah, and Rachel only had one son at that point, I believe, uh, and then Benjamin was born at some point uh, down the road, which was Joseph's younger brother, and maybe he was born at this time, I, I, don't, I don't really know, uh, but Joseph was uh, daddy's favorite. Joseph was raised to be educated, Joseph when, 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 when Jacob found that Joseph was born and they named him, they, he took him in his arms and, and, and he knew that Joseph was going to be something special because Rachel was barren and Rachel could not have children. But uh, there come a point in time where she conceived and, and had Joseph. Amen. And at that point, Joseph was her only son and Rachel was the wife that that Jacob loved. And if you don't know the story, you need to go back and read the story. I don't have time to tell the whole story, but uh, Jacob worked seven years for Rachel. Amen. But when it came time for him to marry Rachel, uh, her daddy pulled a fast one on him and brought Leah, who was the oldest, and covered her with a veil. And when Read the story. And when Jacob woke up the next morning, he was like, there's some good stories in the Bible. He was like, what are you doing in my bed? Read it. He went to Laban and he said, you got some splaining to do. Come on, you! I'm I'm on the verge of crazy right now because I thought I, I worked for Rachel and you deceived me. And he said I could not uh, uh, marry off Rachel before I married Leah. Well, you should have wrote that in the fine print or something, right? Because there's a lot of things that happen to us in our life that that that. We don't really expect, amen, they're not in the fine print. Come on, sometimes people do things that, 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 that we didn't ask them to do, we didn't want them to do, we didn't expect them to do, but sometimes it happens. Come on, Some, that's, life is full of things that people do that you didn't expect them to do or want them to do, but sometimes it happens, and guess what? Uh, at some point, you've got to realize, I'm just going to have to live with this, amen. Uh, God's going to make the best of it, amen. And he said, I didn't bargain for this. And he said, well, I'll give you Rachel. Right? You promise you'll work for me for seven more years, and you can have Rachel. Can you imagine? So he married these two sisters. Where am I going? One's ugly. One's beautiful in his eyes. And he wanted Rachel. Rachel was the one that he loved. If you get down to the end of the story, uh, Rachel died a young death. Amen. But it was Leah that he held on to. Amen. 
it was Leah that he was buried beside. Amen. In his older age and his years of understanding, he understood the value of Leah. Come on. Because Rachel represents all of the beautiful things, all of the good things. Come on. All of the, the, the beautiful things that we want in life. We want, we want, we want the, a beautiful life with a beautiful job and a beautiful wife and beautiful children. And we don't want ever to have any problems or anything to go wrong. Amen. That's Rachel. But guess what? Rachel didn't produce anything in his life. Come on, but Leah, on the other hand, amen, Leah represents the maybe those, th those ugly things, those things that you don't necessarily want. Come on, those things that you're tied to that you don't want to be tied to. Come on, those, those, those moments of darkness, uh, those, the, the, those moments of failure, those moments of, of betrayal, those moments of the things that in life, the sickness, the things that weakness, the things that we don't want to go through, that we're tied to, those are the things in our life that will produce things in our world. Those are the things that will produce brokenness. They will produce repentance. They will produce a willingness and a desire for us to get on the right path and do things God's way. I know you want to live a good life with no problems, but that's not reality. Amen. How many know it was Leah? At the end of the day, he held on to Leah. At the end of the day, Leah's beauty was more than just an outward thing. Come on, because over time, those things that we see, we think are, are, are invaluable, those things that we put our trust in, those things that we desire uh, and when we're young, when we get older, we realize uh, uh, that that wasn't valuable at all. Come on, I don't want somebody just going to fulfill my needs. I want somebody that's going to be there. On. I want something that's going to last. I want something that's going to be a foundation, something strong. Amen. Joseph was born. Uh, it's, it's intriguing to me that Joseph was born out of Rachel. And, and Joseph was Joseph was daddy's favorite. Right? All the other brothers, they longed for daddy's attention, but Joseph was the favorite. Because of who his mother was. Amen. Joseph got all the attention. Come on. When they went to the store, Joseph got the new Nikes. Amen. Anybody ever wear hand-me-downs? We were, we were, I still do. Oh, that's awesome. Amen. Whatever it takes small people outgrow you <laughs> hand-me-downs all the other brothers got the hand-me-downs right they're all there they all had the same mother they're passing one shirt down to the next me and Matt and Neil and Tom we all wore the same spider-man shirt By the time it got to me, it was pretty, uh, you know. But you do what you got to do, right? And so uh, Joseph got the new clothes. Joseph got special treatment. Joseph got the best education. Uh, uh, Daddy had high hopes for Joseph. Amen. Joseph was educated. Joseph was, uh, he, he, he had dreams of Joseph being in charge. Amen. Joseph was the informer. Somebody say informer. There's always one informer in every house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know who the child is that you can go to and get all the scoop. Amen. They're there, guys, so behave yourself. <laughs> Joseph's always watching. <laughs> we got our lives threatened. You, know, you tell mom and dad, you think this is bad. <laughs> wow. I've made a mess of this message. Joseph was the favorite. We understand that. He said, go down and check on your brothers. And so Joseph, he's 17 years old. He's, you know, growing into a man. He's got his coat 
brand new coat of many colors that his dad made for him, had his mom made for him. He's he's sporting this coat around, you know, uh, representing something. Man, how many know a coat represents something? It's a, it was an identity. It's who he was to his dad. Amen. Not only to his dad, but it was a representation of who he was to his brothers. Come on. Amen. He went out to find his brothers. His brothers are, are, are out with the, with the, with the, with the animals, uh, and, and uh, they're a long ways off from home. And they see Joseph coming, and they say, here comes the dreamer. Because when somebody has uh, hope instilled in them, they will have a dream. What is a dream? A dream is being something more, right? Being something great. Being something valuable. Having your life have meaning. Amen. Uh, Joseph had some dreams that, that were from God. Amen. And that, that he was he was with his brethren and his and they were all surrounded around him and he had a sheave of wheat and he was elevated above them with the sheave of wheat and all of his brothers and their sheaves of wheat bowed down to him. Right? And so Joseph's like, I'm, I'm the leader of this family. Right? I'm 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 the one. I'm the guy. And so he told his brothers his dream. You're gonna, you're gonna rule. You're gonna do what? I'm gonna bow down to you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the day. How many know what I'm talking about? You got any younger brothers? Can you imagine bowing down to Eric? I'm not bowing down to any man, much less my brother. Come on, Amen. They, they hate him for his dreams. They hated him because of the love that his daddy had for him. They hated him. Amen. Joseph didn't necessarily deserve uh, the hate. How many know that he was probably a little bit, he was a, maybe a little bit arrogant or maybe a little bit careless with the way that he flaunted his coat. Walk by his brother and say, Phew. Amen. He comes down to check on him and they see him coming. And they say, here comes the dreamer. What are we going to do with this guy? It's time to get rid of him. Amen. Because his time there had expired. Okay? We have to understand that there are seasons in our lives. There are times of change. There are times of, there are expiration dates on things in our lives. That our lives might not be the same next week as they are right now. Amen. We have to understand, Joseph, wanted, he, he was picturing living out his days on the farm with his family, being the one in charge, checking on his brothers from here till doomsday. Amen. But understand that there was a different plan for his life. And at this point in his life, he had... Uh, his favor had left, all of a sudden uh, the plan had changed. Amen. And it had changed in the minds and lives of his brethren. We can't always dictate how people treat us. Amen. But we have to learn to understand the atmosphere of things. We have to learn to understand that when the winds of change are blows, blowing, uh, sometimes we will fall out of favor. Come on. Sometimes things will happen to shift our lives uh, in a different trajectory than they were before. Amen. But too many times uh, we hold on to identities uh, or things that we're in uh, or things that we're doing right then uh, as going to be permanent fixtures in our lives and it becomes who we are and when those things change in our world we are devastated to the place that we cannot recover and it's my purpose this morning to try to pump some hope and life into somebody to understand regardless of what it is God is in control God's in control somebody say it God's in control amen Joseph come down they stripped him of his coat They threw him in a pit. He didn't ask for it. 
He didn't want it. He didn't understand it. Amen. But they did it. They stripped him. They threw him in a pit. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm your brother. He just ignored him. I'm your brother. Come on, I love you guys. What did I do that's so wrong? Come on, think about it. Well, what did I do that's so wrong? I, I, come on, let me out of here. Quit playing. Hey, quit playing with me. How many know brothers will do some cruel jokes sometimes? Hey, man, they'll do things to tie you up in a barn by your feet, hanging upside down. Ask my younger brother, Andy. days, those boys will be in here and I'll tell that story. <laughs> I got your attention now. Amen. Sometimes things happen and we think, well, we're going to come out of this. This is going to change. And uh, Lord, I, I, I'm going to pray that this will change, right? I'm going to pray that, that this will be okay, that this is going to go back to the way it was. Amen. Because we find comfort in the way that things were. Come on. We find comfort in the way that, that things are. We find a comfortable place and we want to live in it. Amen. And the thought of that ever changing is devastation to us. Amen. But we have to understand that circumstances change, things change, and we got to be willing to understand that God's in control regardless of what happens. Amen. Joseph could not change it. They, they made a plan. Well, we're not going to kill him. We'll just sell him. We're going to let him stay alive. We're just going to sell him. They gave him to some Midianites on their way to Egypt. They just come from Gilead. Anybody ever read about the balm of Gilead? Is there any balm in Gilead? Amen. They're going to Egypt to sell their balm in Egypt. And they picked up Joseph along the way. Amen. They bought him for 20 pieces of silver. Amen. They tied him as a slave to that, that train of camels going to, going to Egypt. Amen. He didn't want to go to Egypt. He didn't have a desire to go to Egypt. Amen. But guess what? Circumstances in his life dictated he was going to Egypt. And he didn't have the power to control it. He didn't have the power to back out of it. He didn't have the power to override God. Come on. He didn't know it, but that train going to Egypt was a vehicle that God was using to get him to his destiny. In the moment, it seemed like torture. In the moment, it seemed like his heart was being ripped out. In the moment, he didn't understand it. But if he looked at it from hindsight, when he was at the end of the story, he understood that that was something God was using to take me where he wanted me to be. And without that, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. Amen. He was 17 years old. He had no understanding. Amen. He just knew that he had a dream. Come on, I got a dream. I got a dream of something better. I got a dream of a better future. But sometimes God's got to flip our world upside down to get us headed a different direction before we can realize the dream that he has put in our heart. If we stay in the comfort of where we're at, we're not going to get where God has called us to be. I got to be willing to allow God to juggle some things, toss some things around, pull some things out of my world so that he can get the glory he deserves. Somebody say amen. Somebody say trust in the Lord. Somebody say trust in the Lord. Joseph's alone. They go back to his father's house. Reuben's like, all right. Because a criminal mind always wants to cover their tracks. <laughs> when I was a kid, I always got caught. No, I, I'm not saying I never did anything bad. I did. You say he did. But I always got busted. My brothers used to tell me, man, you're just stupid. Why do you think of that? I'm like, because I'm not wired that way.
because criminal minds will cover their tracks. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the children in your home that cover their tracks well, those are the ones you got to worry about. The other ones will bust themselves. It's the truth, ain't it? Amen. We got to figure out a way to cover our tracks here. Uh, so they made up this story. They took his coat and they killed a, a baby goat. They put the blood of the goat on the jacket. And they went to their dad and they said, Is this your son's coat or not? Notice how they distance themselves from him. Like we don't know. Is this your son's coat? We found it. We found this coat and in Jacob. It has not been. Because the son that he loved the most was the son that was pulled out of concept here because because it's it's amazing to me that Joseph came out of Rachel. Rachel was that beautiful thing, right? Rachel was that thing that 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 uh, that he longed for. He that that he desired, that he had great passion for. Man, uh, it was the happiness, it was the beautiful. Man, but when Joseph was born, he thought that Joseph's life was going to be along the lines of that of Rachel. But it ended up that in order for God to get glory out of Joseph's life, he had to go through some Leah circumstances. Because it's like that with everybody. Amen. It's not just me and it's not just you. Anybody that steps foot in the kingdom of God or is ever going to do anything for God, we have to understand that there's going to be circumstances we can't control, but it's going to be in those moments of trusting that's going to build a foundation of who we are in God. Amen. Even though we can't control it, that's how we learn to trust God. Amen. That's how we learn. That's how we learn that God's in control. Amen. That's how we learn that we're not God. Amen. That there are things that are some beyond my control. And I got to find the God who controls everything. And I got to humble myself before him. And I got to get on the path that he has called for me to walk. And I got to walk it with all of my heart and trust in him regardless of what it looks like. The Bible says that Joseph, story of great purpose went down, he was sold into slavery for a man named Potiphar. Potiphar was the, was the captain of the guard in Egypt. And uh, he controlled uh, uh, most of the army. And, and he was in Potiphar's house working for Potiphar. And it wasn't long that Joseph's usefulness showed itself and he began to be elevated in Potiphar's house and because of his desire to, to, to please God. Amen. And to work as if he's working for the Lord. Bible says that he was excellent in everything that he did. He had a spirit of excellence and he, 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 he trusted God even in the moments that he didn't understand. And he was elevated in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife took a liking to him. Amen. She saw the potential in his life. She saw the promise. Amen. He was a young man and she started desiring him. She said, Joseph, come lay with me. Joseph's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want me to do that to, to my boss and, and my God? I can't do that. He has trusted me. He's trusted me with all of his house. There's no way. His, the, the, the very thing that he, he loves the most, I'm going to. Joseph is in the house one day and all the men's servants went out for some reason. Here she comes. Sneaks in there, gets a hold of him. Come on, Joseph. Hugging on, trying to kiss him. Touch him and he's like, no, you can't do this. And he tries to run away. And 
as he runs away, she grabs a hold of his coat and pulls him out of his coat. He just did a little whoop, a little Houdini. You can keep the coat. Come on. But I'm keeping my relationship with God. She hollered out, help. Here comes all the men servants. Joseph was in here and he tried to do things to me. I can't, he was saying things. I, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm so ashamed. She lied when her husband come home. He comes running in. He was told of what happened. What happened? Joseph, it was Joseph. He, 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 he tried to do things to me. Oh, I, I, I just can't talk about it. I'm so ashamed. Potiphar's anger was kindled. It's Joseph threw him in prison. Man, what a life. Somebody say, what a life. He was put in prison. And for years, he was in prison for something that he didn't do. Amen. But the Bible says that he, he, he continued to be diligent and he was loyal to the keeper of the prison. And the Bible says that he was made head over all the prisons there long enough to become number one in command. What an accomplishment. You know what? Sometimes you really can't control where you're at, but you just be the best you can be. Come on. You be the best you can be where you're at right now. Amen. Don't worry about trying to get somebody else's job or do somebody. Just be the best you can be at where you're at and God will elevate you. Let me say amen. He'll elevate you. Joseph, now he's in prison. Man, God can't catch a break. He's in prison and he's, he's there for a long time. And the Bible says that the baker and the, and the cupbearer get thrown in prison. Pharaoh's, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt's baker and cupbearer get thrown in prison. Amen. And they're there. And while they're there, they have a dream. dreams and Joseph overhears him talking and he says you know tell me your dream because the Lord has gifted me sometimes in, in helping to interpret dreams because he's a dreamer he had dreams of his own the Bible says that they that the uh, the baker told uh, or the the cupbearer told his dream and and he he was he was uh His dream consisted of of, uh, of uh, vines, and, and he was squeezing out the vines in the cup, and, and he, was, he was bearing it to the king. And, and the Bible says that Joseph interpreted the dream and said, in three days, you're going to be restored back to your original position. Amen. The Bible says the baker's like, okay, well, what, what about my dream? Amen. He talks about uh, having dropped the... The, the three baskets of, of bread. And he said in three days that uh, you're going to be executed. Amen. The Bible s says that as they went back to their place and that, that, that three days, the cupbearer went back to his position in three days, the, the baker went back to his, went out and was executed. Amen. We understand that Joseph interpreted the dream, but before the cupbearer left, he said, remember me when you go before the king, don't forget about me in here. I'm in here for, 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 wrong cause. I don't deserve to be in here. Please remember me. Amen. But the Bible says he forgot. You ever felt like you were forgotten? Amen. Sometimes when we're in situations, we feel like God has forgotten about us, but we have to understand the timing of God. Amen. And that there is a perfect timing of God. And when the perfect timing of God is right, timing is everything with God. Amen. That's why it's so important to trust the Lord. Amen. That's why it's so important to trust him because when we're, when he's, when we're out of time, we're out of place and we're out of line with where God wants us to be. We can be doing the right thing, but we can be out of time. Come on. We can, might be in the right place, but at the wrong time, we have to understand, let God change what he needs to change. Let him do what he needs to do in order to set his timing aright. And when we step out or step into exactly what he has, 
task force. It will be exactly the way that God has commanded for it to be. But if we get out of time, somebody say stay in time. Have you ever heard a, a, a musician that was in tune, but he was out of time? And when he's out of time, he's out of place. Come on, he's playing a different melody than everybody else. Amen. How many know that God works in harmony? Come on, we have to understand the timing and the harmony of God. Amen. When when you when 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 God begins to bring you out or bring you into what He has planned for you, there will be a harmony. Come on, there will be a timing that falls into place that sets everything up so that when you step into it, it's exactly the way God has purposed for it. Amen. If you're out of time, you're out of the will of God. Joseph was forced to stay in the prison. Pharaoh had a dream. Amen. And when Pharaoh had the dream, he turned to his magicians and all of his prophets. And he said, interpret the dream. Well, they couldn't. They had no understanding of the dream. Amen. Because God's man was in the, in the building. Come on. God's man was in the city. God's man had already been prepared. Amen. God's man that was meant to step into the place that God had called him to be. He was already there. God had already prepared him. He had went through being sold. He had been through the prison. Come on. Being lied on, being betrayed multiple times. Uh, his character was ready for him to stand in a position. The Bible says that seven years of plenty, you need to save back uh, what you're going to need because after the seven years of plenty, there's going to be seven years of famine. Amen. It's going to be a famine like Egypt and the world around it has never seen. So in order for you to have what you need in the famine, you're going to have to save back what you had during the years of plenty. Amen. But Joseph spoke by the wisdom of God and Pharaoh saw the wisdom of God in him. And he said, uh, Joseph said, choose you out a man to care for these things and save a fifth part of every all the grain and everything you pull in and, and build barns to store it in. And in the seven years of famine, people will have a place to come to get grain. Pharaoh said, thou art the man. I elevate you today. Nobody in Egypt is more powerful than you than, except for me. In one day, Joseph was pulled from his circumstance and he was put in the position that God had always purposed for him. Come on, somebody. It, it was that quick. Amen. It, it was, his head was probably spinning. Amen. When he walked out of that room, he's probably... Come on. Oh, my goodness. I can't, I can't believe where I'm sleeping tonight. Come on. Look, he, he probably... 
probably eating bread and, 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 and food with maggots in it and every, just scraps thrown from the king's table, but now he's sitting at the king's table. Come on, can you really understand the transformation that took place in a moment, in the timing of God, in the moment where he was exactly where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing, trusting God to be God in his life. And in one moment, the favor of God covered him and elevated him and brought him to the position that God had always purposed for him to be. Stand with me all around the building. Trust in the Lord. Somebody say, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Amen. The detail with which God works is astounding. It is it's, it's really, it's truly amazing the way that he works. They had their seven years of plenty. Amen. And then came the seven years of famine. And Egypt had grain stored away that no other country had. All the surrounding nations and peoples, they were coming to Egypt for what they needed. Because when you trust in God, God prepares you. Come on. And there was one day that Joseph's standing out and he's overseeing. And he looks up and there's his brothers. And he moves a little bit closer He's dressed like an Egyptian. He's wearing the wig and all the garb and everything that the Egyptians wore. But he still understands Hebrew. He walks over to closer to his brothers and knowing that they will not recognize him. It's been too many years. And he begins listening to their conversation. Because they they're speaking in Hebrew, but they don't understand. eavesdropping. Amen. He pulls them aside. Pulls them into his chamber. Blesses them. Asks about their family. Their father. Their younger brother, Benjamin. Sends them away and say, when you come back, you need to bring Benjamin with you because if you don't, I'm not giving you any food. Well, they go home and they stay home and they're not going to go back. But there was a point in their life where their bags were empty. Somebody say their bags were empty. They went back to Egypt and they took Benjamin with them. Joseph wanted to see how they treated their little brother. He blessed Benjamin with five times of what he gave them. And he watched them care for him and serve him. There was a moment where Joseph was able to reveal himself to his brothers. And he stood and watched as he revealed himself to his brothers. He said, I am Joseph. He said it in the Hebrew tongue. Your brother. that moment, Joseph's, the Bible says, and the preacher mentioned it the other night when he was preaching on Friday night, he said, and Joseph remembered his dream. In the moment that his brothers were bowing down before him, the Bible says, and Joseph remembered his dream. You see, his dream was more than just about him. It was about the salvation of Israel. And everything that God had made with Jacob and all of his sons and all of their families, they were starving to death. And, and God created a place for them to run and hide in Egypt under the care of Joseph. How many know Joseph went before them, prepared the way for them to come and to be fed? And they housed them in the land of Goshen, which was the best of the land of Egypt. And the Israelites were blessed because Joseph stayed the course. 
understand today that God has a plan. Somebody say, God has a plan. God knows. He knows the struggle. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you've come out of. Come on. He knows the pit maybe that you're in right now. He sees it. He knows. Amen. But there comes a time in our life where we have to begin to look to God and God alone. We can't draw from our circumstances the things that we need. They won't have it. There are times when we can't draw from our families because they're not, they're, they're not close enough to know exactly what you're going through. There will come a time when you'll be alone and you'll be before God. And it's in that moment that you need to commit your heart to trusting God with all of your heart, not leaning on your own thoughts or your own eyes or your own sight, but trusting in God, asking Him to take care of you in those moments. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord right now? All around the building, God, we love you today, Lord. We're thankful for your word. God, we're thankful, Jesus, today, God, for your presence in this place. God, I just pray today that you would instill faith, Lord. God, I pray that you would create, God, in us a greater capacity, Lord, to receive and to believe you for what you have for our futures. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray that you would help us to not focus on what we see in front of us, not to focus on the circumstance, God, but your plan and your word for our lives. God, we love you today. And in these moments, Lord, where we've forgotten the dream, I believe that you would remind us, Lord, today, encourage our hearts, God, of that future that you have planned for us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're facing. I don't, I don't know what you might face in the future, but I believe I have a word for somebody this morning. You're going to have to trust God. In order to make it, you're going to have to trust the Lord. In order to get through tomorrow, you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to lean on him. You're going to have to draw your strength from him. You're going to have to draw your wisdom from him. Come on. And he has everything that you need, the answers that you're looking for, the solution to the problems in your life that you're looking for. He's got the answer to it. Amen. He's holding the answer. He's the only one that can help you. He's the only one. I wonder if we could just gather around the front this morning as a church. Come on, if you would, every person, just gather around the front of the building. I wonder if we could just pray together today. that we need to we need to pray for each other. We need to strengthen each other. We need to we need to pray for, for our families. Come on. Pray for our city. Pray for our church. Come on, pray for our leadership. Pray for our bishop. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.